Welcome to the QAC Team podcast series with your host, Charles Luttrell. Our series features leaders and business owners in your community discussing the customer experience, employee satisfaction, and performance improvement. Our series will help share strategic ideas for coaching and mentoring through mystery shopping in a post-pandemic economy. And now here's your host, Charles Luttrell. All right, everyone. I'm here with Orion from Grandpa Mac. Orion, are you with me? I am. I am. Thank you for having me. Awesome. I appreciate your time. So give us a little feedback here of uh, about who you are and your restaurant. Yeah. So, yeah. So, um, like I said, my name is Orion Cameron. I am one of the owners and founders of Grandpa Mac. Uh, it's a restaurant that we started in 2015. Uh, when I say we, it was actually me and my older brother. We have one other partner who was our investor, but me and my brother came together and we put our pasta concept where it's a very all-inclusive. We do vegan, gluten-free options, vegetarian, you know, we just make sure we have something for everybody. So we do also have lots of meats and cheeses. We do panini, salads, wraps, a few other things, but our main focus is on pasta, along with we have a, a fresh pasta extruder, so we make pasta all day long, and in the summertime, we make over 100 pounds of pasta a day, so <clears throat> we keep the machine rolling, and we have it in the front where, you know, some of the kids like to press their face on the glass window and watch the pasta being made, but uh, we are a fast, casual restaurant here in Rehoboth Beach, Delaware, and uh, we have a pretty affordable price point for everybody to come in and enjoy. That's awesome. I got to say, I looked at your website and it's very eye appealing. This food looks, oh man, the fried mac and cheese bites. They got me. Oh, I'm glad. I'm glad. Yeah. We make those from scratch. We, uh, I mean, I, like I've said, we make the pasta, but then we put together the pans of the mac and cheese and uh-huh. put it in the refrigerator, let it coagulate up. And then we cut them down and bread them up. So it's all made from scratch. Mm. if grandpa was here panini <laughs> yeah yeah so um the the name grandpa mac actually came from our great grandfather we called him grandpa mac when we were kids and so uh we thought that would be a fun sandwich there it's a mac and cheese grilled cheese panini so it is uh definitely loaded with all the carbs you need to run a marathon <laughs> you didn't run a marathon <laughs> awesome so why did you decide to be a business owner Well, you know, actually, I came to the idea of Grandpa Mac. I came to my brother with the idea when I was living in California. And at the time, I had, you know, three jobs and three roommates. And uh, my brother actually owned a fine dining restaurant here in Delaware. And this is where I grew up. And uh, he was doing really well. He got nominated for a James Beard Award, winning awards, doing different things. And it was a little more fine dining. And then on Berkeley campus, they had a really nice mac and cheese place, homeroom mac and cheese that I really enjoyed. And I knew we had nothing like that at the beach. So I said, how can we take this idea and make it our own and kind of open up something unique here at the beach? And I thought, you know, I'd rather be a business owner and be able to own something and work for myself um, rather than, you know, being a slave to the man or it was one of those things where California, I just realized it was a little out of my price range. I, I really love the area living in the Bay area, but uh, it was just very expensive. So I came to my brother with the idea and he liked it and we worked on it for about a year and a half. And he said, 
I found a location and if you want to do it, you got to move back and the rest is history. I, I came back in 2015 and we're still going strong. Yeah, that's great. And I looked at your website and your grandfather, he lived to be 97 years old. He did. He Man, did. It was, great. it was really nice because he was my great grandfather and I got to know him up and through middle school, which I, he was the only great grandparent I got to know. And I know, you know, unfortunately not a lot of people get to know their great grandparents or sometimes even their grandparents. So it was really special. We spent our summers with him up in New Jersey and he really meant a lot to us. So it was really nice to try to keep the name alive and keep it going. Yeah, that's, that's, that's great. That is awesome. So why do you choose this industry? You follow the footsteps of your brother or? Yeah. You know, I actually, I, I kind of leaned on some of his expertise. He's been in the industry, you know, uh, he owned a restaurant, uh, for nine years. He was a head chef of a restaurant prior to that for nine years. So he had been in it for so long and really knew what he was doing that it felt like a very safe space for me. Little, little did I know how much work it would really be. You know, I've worked in and out of restaurants my whole life, but I've never owned one. So, uh, yeah, that, that was definitely something I did not know what I was getting myself into, but you know what you learn and you, you grow and you live along the way, you know, and, I felt like I've really, I really have grown a lot with the restaurant yeah. and the restaurant's grown with me. So, right. Yeah. As long as you enjoy it. Now I think that's the, the main thing. It's not a hassle, right? Yeah. You got it. I think that the one thing, you know, our family are very much people, you know, we're people persons. I don't know if I'm saying people that correctly, oriented. But yeah, <laughs> but we don't mind to get out there and, you know, touch every table, speak with the people, put smiles on people's faces. And that's the main thing for me. You know, my brother has more the passion for cooking. He really has the love for food. I think for me, I'm a little more entrepreneurial. And honestly, I love people. I, I don't yeah. I don't mind getting in there and mixing it up with you. Yeah, that's great. That's what, that's why we do what we do. You know, that's definitely that's awesome. I noticed um, on your website, you have a food truck as well. We do. We do. Actually, it's a it's a funny story that we purchased the food truck. Uh, two months before the pandemic and I had, you know, gigs on gigs lined up. I had, you know, Dover Downs has a raceway and we have music venues and all these things that were to be shut down months after getting it up and going. Um, so, you know, with that, we just had to be flexible and kind of change with the times. And we kind of utilized the truck in different ways and figured out how to maneuver it and still make it profitable. Yeah. Now, is the menu the same on the food truck as it is in the restaurant or what, what is it like a limited menu? Or? Yeah, it's it's definitely a little bit smaller of a menu. Um, and then I do kind of customize it uh, depending on where we're going to the different venues. You know, if it's a, a brewery or a place where they're drinking a lot, I try to bring a lot of finger foods and some beer foods, you know, those Mac bites and some of those fried pickles and some of the fun stuff. And sometimes I bring things that are actually not even on our menu at the restaurant. I've done weddings with the truck. So it, I really can base the menu around the clients. And that's been really nice as well. Oh, that's great. Yeah. And you offer um, products for everybody, right? From gluten-free to vegan options as well? We do. So the one thing yeah. when I lived in California was I had two roommates that were vegan and gluten-free. One of them was vegan and gluten-free. The other was just vegan. And we would go to eat in different restaurants all throughout the Bay Area. And every place in the Bay really offers fun, gluten-free, fun vegan options. And it really expanded my mind on different food and eating options because I'm the type of person I'll try anything. I mean, I'm not, I don't have allergies. I'm not particular, 
but at the same time, it's nice to have something for everybody. So I was very adamant about bringing that back to the East Coast. I know that there's very few vegan options in our area and then not as many options for gluten-free as well. So we just wanted to be all inclusive. We figured if a family came in and everybody has something different going on, they could all sit down and be happy with what they're having. And that was kind of the main thought with that. Right, right. That's awesome. So with the restaurant coming from the West Coast to the East Coast and hanging down by the beach and you got this restaurant and the food truck. So what are some of the challenges that you guys face down there? Well, the challenges in this area particularly are the seasonality. You know, we we ramp up for three, three and a half months of the year where we hit hard for those three months of the year. Like we were a, a metropolitan area, like we're really built up. And then it's like a light switch goes off and the fall kicks in and the kids go back to school. And honestly, you have to scale down everything. You scale down on labor hours, you scale down on what you're ordering, you know, and, and it's a very seasonal area. So that can definitely be one of the difficult things, you know, in this area is we don't get just a steady year round, something you're used to. So in the spring, you're hiring, you're training, you're ramping everything up. And then by the fall, you know, you're kind of cutting things down. And I've, I've kind of combated that with hiring a certain amount of seasonal employees. You know, I bring in the college kids. I bring in the kids that I know that are going to go away at the end of the season. But I'll tell you those last two weeks of August, I call them hell week because I lose my kids and we're still busy. And I tell everybody to strap up their boots and we're all working long hours. So we get right. through it. We get through it. Right. Yeah. So do you have like altered hours? In the off-season time, or is it pretty much you still we, stay open? Or... We do. We do. It's it's already starting to scale back, and we do some last, you know, holiday shopping um, here at the beach. We have a lot of outlets, and we do, like, tax-free Delaware shopping. So people come here, you know, to do their Christmas shopping. They come for the holidays. And um, so we do one last little push here, but when the New Year's hits, uh, we pretty much go to 8 o'clock is our closing time. We open at 11 o'clock every morning all year long but um during the summer we're open till 10 o'clock at night in the summers and then about now we're actually only open till nine and soon to be scaling back to eight so it, it kind of tears down a little bit yeah yeah i um my kids are getting a little older now they're 14 and 19 but every year we would go down to ocean city nice. go to the, the festival of lights we would hit that spend the night and you know get some food enjoy the little ride down there and it's a shame to get older now because I'm like, I'd have to come down and try your uh, Charleston and Mac and Cheese. I'm going to come down there just to oh just yeah, to take a trip down, you know? Oh, you'll have to take a trip for sure. Yeah, it's tough when they get older. I have a uh, five-year-old myself, so we're in that, that Christmas spirit right now. You know, the elf on the shelf and all the other fun things. Um, <laughs> right. They've actually recently created something around here called Shellville, and it is a, a tiny village and it's supposed to be like the elves workshop. I mean, everything is miniaturized for the kids. They have a fake snowball fighting area and a roller skating rink and a, a hill to sled down and that kind of thing. They shoot off fake snow and it's really magical. We actually bring our food truck out there and it's a really cool thing. So if you make it down for the holiday, you never know the kids, at least the younger one, they might still have some fun in there. Yeah, that's that would be interesting. I'm going to ask them if they would will be up for doing that and take a road trip down there. They're They're up for anything half the time, you know. Yeah. So with your food truck, is that year round for you? It It is. You know, we right about now are mostly on the weekends. We get um, a lot of requests 
uh, mostly for the weekends. During the week, it's a little slower with the food truck. We don't mind letting it rest a little bit. And, you know, um, the nice thing is it's low overhead. There's not really a rent on a truck like there would be on your space, your restaurant, that kind of thing. And then we do use the restaurant as our commissary space. So we're pretty busy right up into the New Year's. And then January and February hit, and we kind of slow down. And I'm more booking, doing bookings for the spring and the summer. And I've got some fall weddings and stuff like that. So really January and February, it's a lot more, you know, paperwork, that kind of thing. And just kind of getting the truck ready for the season. Right. That's that's your marketing period, right? So you're getting ready for when the, when the better weather comes, right? For sure. For sure. Right. And you said you guys started in 2015, was it? Yeah. 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 2015 was the year Grandpa Mac opened. Yeah. That's, that's, that's pretty good. So how has the pandemic changed uh, your business model? Has it, has it impacted you any? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's been a very uh, trying time. It's been very interesting, you know, and, you know, it's funny when it first came and you're hearing about it in another countries, you know, you don't think it's going to affect us here at all. I remember the first person I had a customer come down from Pennsylvania and he said that the first school had just gotten shut down in Pennsylvania. And I, it kind of like really opened my eyes and I thought, wait, 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 what's going on? Because, you know, we didn't have a single case here in Delaware. We hadn't heard of anything. You know, we, we had no inkling of what was about to happen. So, um, it, it was a definitely a strange time. Like I said, we had just got the food truck. We were in a really good place where we, um, had a lot of good momentum and we were actually looking towards our next location prior to the pandemic. And now since the pandemic, we've kind of pumped the brakes and we're just making sure we're in a really good place and that we're, we're, you know, we're all good at the shop and all good at the food truck before we try to proceed and take on anything else, you know? So, yeah. That was my uh, next statement. I was going to ask, you know, starting to get into this habit of talking to everybody about franchising. Is there any option or thoughts of doing like a franchise with this or? Yeah, we really were looking towards, you know, the next uh, model. We were looking towards Philadelphia actually right before the pandemic. Um, we've, you know, we've talked about it and thrown it back and forth now. And we still think it's still a little too soon after the pandemic. I mean, I don't like to even throw the word out there, recession, but a lot of people in the news, you know, they start to scare people and people kind of tighten up in the wallets and that kind of thing. So, you know, we're just kind of biding our time and waiting for the perfect location to open up and the perfect timing, you know, timing is everything, location is everything, and just not to rush into anything is all. Right, right. Yeah, I looked at some articles about that and, you know, I'm getting the consensus that everybody's not too concerned about a recession. They, I hear that they say we're in a recession now we just don't know it and then i hear that a lot of people are like it's not going to happen people are still spending money and i have seen that in articles the the restaurant industry is still strong people are spending you know well you know we live in an area where the second challenge when we go back to that challenge of this area question is not just the seasonality of this area but the amount of restaurants that are in this area. I mean, we have so many good restaurants here at the beach that you can throw a stone and hit a good restaurant. I mean, you could come here for an entire week, eat at a different place for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and never repeat and have a great meal for every single meal. I mean, it really is this type of area, but that can also be a challenge when you've got a limited number of people and <laughs> A, a large amount of restaurants, you know, that can also be a, a little bit of a hurdle as well. Right. Are you guys 
all friends down there with, with the restaurants and guys go with each other? Or is it kind of like you stick to yourselves and every man for himself? It's really interesting. There are three or four really big restaurant groups in this area. So there'll be, you know, uh, these different groups that own seven, eight, 10, 13 different restaurants, and they usually stick with themselves. Everybody's pretty friendly with each other. You know, uh, as far as it goes, um, we all work well together, but you'll see the groups. They kind of try to keep their staff with inside of their restaurants. I mean, that's been a big issue during the pandemic. We started with, you know, a lot of the restaurants were closing down. Okay, and so we're slower. We're trying to make it through. Then they're allowing everybody and everything to open back up. And then nobody wanted to work. We were having a huge shortage of employees. And then in this area, everybody's fighting over the same employees. <laughs> and, and now with the third phase, it's just the inflation. I mean, meats, cheeses, our dry goods, the forks, the napkins, the cups, everything you use is being inflated in such a way that as a consumer, you don't realize how much it's digging into our margins. And then some of the consumers will say, well, your prices are starting to go up and it's, you know what, we are inflating our prices, but we haven't even absorbed the entire cost with the prices we've inflated. We're trying to meet the customers in the middle so that we're not making it extremely expensive, but at the same time, it's still digging into our margins. So it, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a three-parter with this whole pandemic. And, you know, we've been just trying to maneuver our way through it and, just like anybody else, we'll figure it out as we go. And some have made it. And unfortunately, some have not. But we have been in a fortunate enough position that we do a lot of take to go food. And that uh-huh. has really helped us sustain, really. I've seen it more, more than ever. I've seen, I mean, people really utilizing DoorDash or our online ordering, calling in, picking up and that kind of thing. And that's that's been a big facet of our model. Yeah. And, and to circle back a little bit. The reason I asked that question about the friendliness was because, you know, I always thought about those kind of areas where you have such a saturated market of a lot of restaurants. I had this vision a while back. I'll talk to you about my app that I created and Google sold it. But anyway, we'll we'll talk about that sometime. But cool. You know, I had this idea that, you know, there was like some sharing of marketing amongst the restaurants. And I'll talk to you about that in text or email yeah you know, off the podcast but i i really you know the vision for that is everybody wins you know and a time like right now where you got you know people looking for the the best employees people are struggling with inflation now every it's like everybody's out for themselves and they're just trying to survive you know i i can understand that i mean i think <laughs> i i think that it's the same though you know, I'm in a, like a shopping center where I have another restaurant at the other end that has a bar as well. And then right next to us, we have a really great place called Taco They took over an old Burger King and has a drive through. They do cool tacos and cool burritos. And we've got like a cool little synergy going where you can come to our center and just find some cool, fun, different food. So we love to share that. You know what? When someone comes in and they say, where else should I eat? I point right next door. You've got two great places right here. And even though we're not related to them, we're not, you know, we don't make any money off of it. We all drink beers together. We all hang out after our shifts. And it, it's nice to spread the love. Like you said, we all win if we Absolutely. all win, you know? Absolutely. Yep. And then that's the thing, you know, looking at, you're talking about, you know, special things on the menu. I, one question I have is, what is one thing on your menu that you recommend that would, you would say 
would be the best thing to get. Wow. Well, you know, it, it, <laughs> it's, it's, really, it's really tough. And I get this question every day. You know, when someone comes in, what is the best thing or what is your favorite thing? The nice thing is our menu is so versed that it really goes to your taste buds and what you really like. So I could tell you what the best vegan option was or the best vegetarian option was or what the best, you know, just my favorite is. But it's really going to come down to your taste buds. One of my favorite mac and cheese dishes we have is called the I'm a Fun Guy. And of course, the fun guy in there is the mushrooms. It's got bacon and caramelized onions over top of like a rigatoni pasta. And then we do a little bit of Greer cheese, white cheddar. We do some fresh thyme and breadcrumbs on top on top of it. And then it gets toasted through the oven. And so that's just that's one of my favorite dishes. I really love mushrooms. We use like a really nice smoky bacon. We get in the slabs and we cut it down into little little bits and pieces, you know, and uh we uh, cook down the onions, caramelize them. So that's a really good dish as well. But I'll right. tell you, there's I'm probably, if someone's out there listening, I'm probably making somebody mad because they're screaming about what their favorite dish is. And everybody kind of comes in and has their favorite dish. It's it's uh, very funny that when I first started, we have a build-your-own menu. You can come in and pick your pasta and pick your sauce and pick your meat. And I thought, man, this is going to be the home run. Everybody's going to want to come in and build their own dish just the way they want it. And what I come to find is people just want what you've already put together. A lot of times they'll eat their first dish they eat. It will become their favorite and they'll come in and get the same one every time, which I thought people will come in and order something different each time. They'll try new things and get creative. And honestly, I think we're just creatures of habit. And when we find something we like, we kind of stick with it. So you can kind of tell when people come in. I, I know customers usually mostly by what they're going to eat. And sometimes I don't even know their names, but I can see them walk through the door and I know already what they're going to order before they even get to the counter. <laughs> you're like, I know what you're going to get. <laughs> That's exactly <laughs> right. Yeah. Usually if I see them, I say the usual and they, they say yes. And I just drop it in. So That's great. You beat me to it. Cause I was just looking at that part of your website that said, build your own pasta dish. And I was going to be like, Hey, let's talk about that. But if you said it's not really a, well, it is, it's really great. And usually if it's your first time in, you can be a little intimidated by it and you might just go with one of our signatures or people say, I just want the traditional mac and cheese, which we call the grandpa mac. And most people come in and they just try the traditional to start or they'll add bacon or they'll add chicken into it just to have something they know a little safe. And then once they try that, they fall in love. And then eventually they come around to building their own or, you know, I think it's the young kid who thinks he's his own chef. He'll come in and start throwing a little bit of this and a little bit of that and something like that together and kind of makes it fun. And, you know, it, you know, I, I love cooking. Some people don't. Some people want to come in. They want to be served. You know, they came in not to think too much, you know, and that kind of thing. So I can understand that as well. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Well, how can people uh, find you and reach you? What about the food truck? Um, do you have, is it just through social media? Do you have an Instagram, Facebook? Yeah, we do Instagram and Facebook. Um, on our website, people try to book us through there. We have a, a, a part on our website where you can book the food truck or find out about our catering options. Um, so we do the social media. Also, uh, like I said, our head chef, my brother, he also today is actually, today being November 30th, is airing on a Netflix series called Snack vs. Chef. You'll be able to find him on Netflix. You can binge watch the whole series. It's a food cooking challenge where he has to make a bunch of snacks that you know and love. So he had to make a Pringle from scratch and do some other fun things. So that'll be cool to watch. And uh, 
you know, we're always just trying to get the name Grandpa Mac out there in any way we can. And that's great. And the location address? Yeah, so we are actually on Coastal Highway here in Rehoboth Beach, Delaware. And our entire, uh, there's a map, everything right on the website, but it's, uh, I think, 18756 Coastal Highway. Not that you want the exact address, but yeah, you can find us here at the beach in Rehoboth Beach, Delaware. Awesome. Awesome. Anything else you want to add or? Hey, I just want to say thank you for having me on. I appreciate it so much. Absolutely. I really appreciate you taking the time and uh, good talking to you. I think um, I'm going to have to come down and try a little sampler of all of your items on the menu because it all looks really good. Oh, man, you come <laughs> on in. I'll make you something special. We put different specials on the board every day that our different people that work in the kitchen, our employees have kind of come up with, or I've come up with, or my brother. And basically on your lunch break, you start throwing things around, you start messing around, you put a name to it. Next thing you know, that's tomorrow's special. So you come in and maybe we'll create a special after you. You can build something and we'll, we'll put your name on the board. There you go. That is awesome. That is awesome. I appreciate it. Orion, thanks again so much, man, for taking the time. It was a pleasure speaking to you. And then I'll, I'll come down there and I'll meet with you. And, uh, Try some of your food. That sounds great. Thank you again for your time. Absolutely. Have a great rest of your day, man. Appreciate it. All right. Take care. Take care. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to the QAC Team Podcast with your host, Charles Luttrell. Today, we took you beyond the restaurant table and into the kitchen with leaders and business owners in your community. For more information, visit us at qacteam.com or Facebook and Instagram at qac.team. Thanks for listening.